Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the latest edition of The Book of Joe podcast with me, Tom Verducci three-time National Sports Writer of the Year, and, of course, Joe Madden, three-time Major League Manager of the Year. And of course, you can read our book. It's out now, The Book of Joe. Buy it wherever books are sold. How you doing, Joe? Good morning, sir. Uh, you had a late night, huh? Yeah, but you know what? Dodgers, Padres. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a 5-3 slugfest before, but it was filled with home runs and great defensive players. Mm-hmm. And there was a play in that game, Joe, mm-hmm. that I immediately thought about you and Don Zimmer. The Zim special. Right. First and third for the Padres. Tough matchup with Gratterall against Trent Grisham, who handles the bat really well. Mm-hmm. Drops a bunt, and I'm telling you, that big guy Gratterall made an amazing play to get the run out at the plate. But I got to ask you, because we went in detail about this in the book, the Zim special. Ideally, you like that bunt to the first base side. The first baseman's holding him on. Third baseman is in a little closer. You think he should have bunted that ball to first base, or was it just a great play by Gratterall? Uh, both. I mean, but um, with lefties a lot of times, and maybe against velocity like that, it's hard for them to bunt the ball to the first base side. Uh, historically, I very rarely run that play with the left-handed hitter for that particular reason. It's It just seems, um, you know, the drag bunt to bring it with them down there for some guys is more problematic than, than just to push it down the third baseline. First of all, Gratterall made a play that nobody else could make. So that otherwise uh, Will would have been safe. The part about that play, I try to put that in because of the reason I just gave you. I had lefties that couldn't bunt to the other side. So the point was to have the runner trail the third baseman. Bunt the ball to third base, third baseman comes in, and what you're trying to do then is wait for the third baseman to release the ball to first base, and if he chooses not to, you stay put and you get an extra base runner. So that, I mean, that's how we try to get it. But again, never had the opportunity. I worked on that in spring training with a bunch of left-handed bunners to see if we could uh, formulate that play, but it's a really hard one to do. Uh, You saw where the third baseman was. He was in good position too, but the play Gratterall made was purely spectacular. Final point, you're right. I like it in that pie down the first baseline. I saw Freeman was in decent position, too, so he had it in mind that he might do that. 
Yeah, it was just amazing play by Gratterall. I'm not sure if the cameras picked this up, but I was in that third base camera well by the Dodger dugout. And Gratterall, after he made that play, gave one of those Michael Jordan shrugs to his mm-hmm. pitching coach, Mark Pryor, like, hey, ain't nothing to it. <laughs> it was an amazing play. Yeah, like like he practiced that, like he practiced that. You know, that is like, that's an athletic play. That is a great athlete reacting in a moment. Um, you do your PFPs, you do different things, you cover home, you make flips to the catcher at the plate. But that play was uniquely great. Yeah, and I thought Bob Melvin managed a great game for the Padres. I mean, he stuck with you, Darvish, when, you know, Darvish's stuff was good, but that Mm -hmm. was a gritty performance. He wasn't blowing people away consistently, but Bob Melvin was not quick with the trigger. And then he goes to Josh Hader, who had not gotten more than three outs for a save in two years. Now, obviously, Joe, he can't do that unless he preps Hader for that possibility that it's coming up, even before the series begins. And I worried a little bit about Hader doing the whole up-down thing, sitting down between innings. But he looked fine and finished the game. How about the game that Melvin managed? Yeah, uh, first of all, you, Darvish. Um, I was watching. I, I didn't fall asleep yet. So I'm watching that. And the thing that got to me was Yu's ability to slow it down. He didn't have his best stuff. Things weren't quite working in that one inning. They kept coming back, adding the uh, the tying runs. But he did not cave in. And I loved that about his performance last night. That just indicates or proves, uh, Kenny Revisa talked about this all the time. You mean to tell me you have to be 100%, you have to be ap- feeling absolutely perfect in order to compete and win. So I think last night, I thought what Darvish showed is his increased ability, uh, the mental part of the game, where he's able to slow it down, understand what's going on, and continue to pitch in his brilliant way. Hater, on the other hand, you're 100% right. You have to talk to your guy in advance that, listen, we're going to consider this. Uh, are you good for four outs tonight? <clears throat> he might even ask him if he was good for five outs tonight. I have no idea. But uh, that way the reliever, a closer in this situation, who's not used to doing it, is able to prepare himself properly, mentally and physically. He probably was up stretching sooner, maybe throwing with the outfielder sooner, whatever. But it's good to give a guy like that a heads up, and he was absolutely prepped for it. I love watching Darvish pitch. I mean, he can spin the baseball better mm-hmm. uh, and in more ways than anybody I've ever seen. And I want to give you one sequence. It actually was a home run hit by Max Muncie. And I'll tell you why it was amazing. Here was the pitch sequence. It started at 83. And then the next pitch was twenty was 92 miles per hour. So he goes up 9 miles per hour for the next pitch. The next pitch was 69. It was probably strike three, by the way. <laughs> so that's a 23-mile-an-hour difference. Comes back the next pitch at 79, so it's up 10. Next pitch is 91, so it's up 12. And the last pitch was 72, so that's down 19. I mean, it's the only at-bat I've seen where you saw pitches in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. It sounded like an AM oldie station. It sounded like the game plan was to change speeds, right? With Darvish, though, there's very few guys that can command a breaking ball, slow breaking ball as well as he can. And again, I just go down the freeway there. Uh, show does the same thing. Show, hey, these two guys, and it might be part of the culture where they came from, are really able to command that slow breaking ball. Back in the day, Tom Candiotti was really good at that. I throw my Tom Candiotti reference out there. But it's not easy to throw that pitch with that much rotation and that kind of command with that kind of confidence. So uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but I would bet going into that game, use game plan was to not throw the same pitch twice in a sense to um, to max and and that would uh, benefit him 
And I didn't even realize, I didn't see that moment, but that he had struck him out and then the home run ensued. But it sounds like that was the game plan. Yeah, a quick story about you. You know, he obviously played with Clayton Kershaw, his opponent in game two in the NLDS, uh, for three months in the 2017 season with the Dodgers. And while he was there, you asked Clayton Kershaw, why is your command so darn good? And Kershaw told him about his dry bullpen sessions. You watch Kershaw get up twice in his days between starts and go through his delivery without throwing the baseball. And I don't think I've seen anyone perfect their delivery over and over and repeat it the way that Kershaw does. And Darvish started incorporating that, and he started imagining pitching to the lineups he's going to face the day before his start. Again, not throwing the baseball, so there's not wear and tear on the arm, but visualizing what he was doing, what he wanted to do, and just lock in that delivery. The guy's always learning. Interesting because, I mean, I, uh, again, past reference, Warren Spahn was the minor league pitching coach for the uh, Angels when I began, and Spahnie was pretty good. Spahnie wanted our guys to pitch, and then the next day, uh, wanted them to throw lightly, take a day off, and then throw to batting practice, and they actually throw five minutes the day before they pitched. Uh, again, nothing real taxing, but it was all about command, and Spawny had as good a command as anybody. I think sometimes we protect a little bit too much and prevent guys from throwing. Again, it doesn't have to be all out. It's just got to be a dab. And uh, Howie Gershberg, famous pitching coaches, do the same thing with our guys coming up. So there's nothing wrong with throwing. It just has to be controlled. And the replication of the throwing mechanics, the motion, the feel, I think is really important there. We talked about Josh Hader closing a game. No surprise there. With Seattle at Houston, Scott Service brought in Robbie Ray, one of his starting pitchers, to close out a game. And, of course, that's when Jordan Alvarez walked it off. Mm. Great moment. But please, people, stop. It's not the greatest home run of all time in the postseason history. I know you can break it down and come up with win probability added. People, it's game one of a division series. It's not Kirk Gibson in the World Series. I just had to get that out of the way. Thank you. But what do you think about bringing in a starting pitcher to close a game? Well, first of all, I have to understand that was an organizational decision. That wasn't just Scott thinking about it in the moment. This guy, Robbie Ray's a starter, so that's going to require a longer time warming up. And that's what he did. He he was looking forward, um, uh, Scott was, to the point where if uh, Alvarez came up in this moment, I'm going to bring in Ray. So that was uh, a group decision well in advance of the moment. Uh, the thing about that, a guy like Ray, who's not done that often or a I guess maybe four or five times I had read when you come into the game as a reliever, it's hot. It's very hot in that situation. Couldn't have been hotter. And he's not used to that. And I think I'm pretty sure he threw two fastballs. uh, If I'm, if I'm correct in that moment, whereas I really was expecting at least a a first pitch breaking ball. And if not, definitely a second one where you're really not just trying to give into the hitter. So part of it is just, uh, you know, experience wise from Ray's side of things, he was just going out there uh, as a starting pitcher would, not an easy task to do. It really isn't. I mean, on paper, it sounds great. I understand the uh, the method. I actually did it with David Price, although David had not been an established starter. We had prepped him well in advance of those moments with the Rays in 2008. So again, it's understand everybody thought about that and considered it in advance. On paper, it looks great. It does. It's a difficult moment for Robbie Ray. So don't discount that either. And furthermore, Alvarez, there's no break with a left-handed pitcher against him. There's zero break. This guy hits both sides, and actually, I learned that very quickly. Don't think you're going to get over on him by bringing in a lefty specialist versus him. He hangs in there so well, and the ball goes very far against lefties, too. Uh, And speaking of hot hitters, 
When we come back to the book of Joe, I want to ask the man who has walked a hitter with the bases loaded, not once, but twice. How do you pitch to Aaron Judge? Stick around. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Book of Joe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Book of Joe. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. Joe Madden, I referenced that you twice walked hitters with the bases loaded, including one this year, Corey Seager. What was up with that? Well, the Seager walk had nothing to do with anything except us trying to motivate the group, us trying to get them to um, – we're kind of in a little bit of a doldrum moment at that point. So it wasn't strategic necessarily. Not necessarily, no. I mean, we did not – I did not want Seager to beat us, obviously, and I thought a grand slam there would have ended the game mentally for us. So that was part of it. But uh, if you had been in the dugout at that point, what led up to it, even what we talked about in the pregame meeting regarding not permitting Seager to beat us, all of it conspired. And Austin Warren was pitching. I went out there and I asked him if he was up for something a little bit strange right here. And he said, what do you got? And he started smirking when I told him. So the whole infield was in there. And again, from the outside looking in, from the baseball perspective, you think I did that strategically just to walk him, which I did. But it was more to wake up the group and have them approach the game more fearlessly and not worry about making a mistake. 
not worried about what somebody might say afterwards. Weirdly, I mean, it just I think those things in those moments. So that's why I did it. Uh, and again, they ended up scoring three runs out of it. I think one of them uh, could have been prevented. They might have come out with two and not three. But point taken was that, yeah, let's not be afraid. We came back and the guys really played well and hard after that. So that was the moment there. The other one with Josh Hamilton was primarily, I didn't want to pitch to him. He was swinging about that good, that old Texas ballpark as a, a wind tunnel into right central. And I didn't like it, even though Grant Balfour was better against lefties than righties and brought in uh, Danny to face uh, Marlon Bird. So two different situations, two different mindsets, uh, you know, results being the wins. But um, those are the kind of things you can't just think X's and O's all the time. And it's hard to explain that to people unless you've done this before. So weirdly, I think of those things in those moments. And that's that's what uh, transpired and what caused me to go out there and ask uh, Austin if he felt good about it. Yeah, I like what you said about Seager before the game, where you say, we're not going to let this guy beat us. Some guys are just that hot. Mm -hmm. You need to express that and make it clear. I would imagine that's the game plan right now with Aaron Judge. Although watching game one in the ALDS, Cleveland and their right-handed pitchers did attack Aaron Judge a bit. I mean, he saw 20 pitches, but nine of them were in the strike zone including seven fastballs. He fouled off a bunch of those fastballs in the zone. So before, especially a postseason series, Joe, what would kind of be your message with someone like an Aaron Judge if you're trying to keep him in the ballpark? Well, a big part of that, too, is who's hitting behind him. I mean, Anthony hit a home run the other day, and that's going to be really important uh, when you're trying to make those determinations. And yes, uh, Judge would be more impactful possibly than Anthony will be. But if the guy behind him is uh, formidable, then you're a little bit more careful not pitching to judge. Um, talked about when we did Bryce Harper years ago in uh, Chicago. I walked him so many times in a series primarily because of who was hitting behind him. Zimmerman was not hot at that time, so let's go to the next guy. So that has something to do with it. I also believe, and you probably could do the deep dive on this, but I don't have the information in front of me, but what is judge not getting to right now? And it sounds like they prefer going fastball over breaking ball, the threat of a breaking ball strike. It's You could say somebody's not a very good breaking ball hitter, but they're a great strike breaking ball hitter. So the command of your pitcher plays into this. Are you able to have a pitch start out as a ball and become a strike, which can be impactful in a negative way? Or is this guy command good enough that the pitch is going to start out as just, I love strike ball, breaking ball in that situation, the hard slider, the curveball in the dirt, whatever. So these are the things they're talking about, and they have to make that determination, and they know who and what their pitchers are capable of. So that would be part of the pregame discussion regarding how to attack Judge and who's sitting behind him. And if there's a, a lefty available, like, say, Anthony later in the game, and they could possibly walk Judge with one of their better lefty relievers in coming into the game, that's an issue also. Yeah, and by the way, you're right about Aaron Judge. I mean, he was one of the best sluggers against breaking pitches this year, and he doesn't go outside the zone much, so it is mostly damage on strike-breaking balls. But <laughs> I'll tell you, he crushes fastballs as well. He's got one tiny, tiny hole, and that's the fastball up and away, that quadrant just in the strike zone, top corner. Um, but, you know, if you miss just by a little bit, he, he can hurt you a lot. So when you game plan for these postseason series, Joe, 
how much information do you want to give your players? Because I'm looking at these postseason series, and three out of the four are matchups of intra-division rivals. Like the right. Padres and the Dodgers have played each other now 21 times already. There can't be any secrets. So what's the information load or overload, if you will, for these series? Agreed. I mean, I, first of all, I like less information and not more this time of the year. And you just covered a, a component of that. The fact that you played each other so often, these guys know one another. If if there is a, uh, again, I, I keep using the term nugget, but if there's something small that has been discerned more recently, trends, trends, uh, all this stuff is built on a large sample size. Um, and then I've been told, been told that trends are built into these, uh, into this evaluation. Fine. But right now, I just need to know what Judge is all about. It's October 13th. So what is going on right now with this fellow? I need it broken down a little bit more. That's good enough. But I've, I've been involved in, uh, again, when you, even though you played a team often, here comes the playoffs and then here comes notebooks full of information that's redundant, not necessary because you already know this. Call it down, reduce, reduce, reduce. Permit us to use it because at the end of the day, better baseball players make it, executing the game better is the group that's going to win in a playoff situation. That's it. It's not like information is going to – they'll go back to the time when uh, Kirk Gibson had that backdoor slider from uh, Eckersley and the scout that had uh, told him about it, who I know and love, but I can't remember. Mel Didier. Yeah, Mel. I mean, that there's there's a nugget for you, right? Okay, if you could if you could narrow it down to the point where you could tell a hitter, listen, this guy gets to a full count. He does this almost 100% of the time. Um, that's That's pretty cool. But this other stuff, percentage-wise, you don't know how that pitcher views you in that moment. You don't know what he feels about what he could command and not command. Everything changes in the trend. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and we dive into this in the book of Joe in our book, where you talked about when you get to the most important games of the year, and the better the team is, the more information starts coming in from the people let's face it, who are not wearing the uniforms, who want to try to influence the outcome of the game. And we know that teams have been adding personnel in the analytics department, in the baseball ops department. So there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen when it comes to postseason baseball. Yeah, and, and you don't need it, quite frankly. You really don't need it. Um, I hate to hurt anybody's feelings, but if you could get any manager that's done this, players, coaches, ask them all. They will support exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, we want it. Don't get me. Yes, we want it. But you don't need it in vats and barrels and truckloads. You don't. You just don't. There's only so much you could uh, absorb in the moment. And when it's hot and you're playing for at very high stakes, your focus has to be really finely tuned. You have to be able to stay right here, right now, and to try to recall information, intel, and try to put it into play right now is nearly impossible. Good stuff, Joe. Hey, when we come back to the book of Joe, I want to talk about what it was really like back in the, quote, good old days when it comes to starting pitchers who pitched deep into games and threw a ton of pitches. Maybe they were too many pitches. Back with that in a minute. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. Dick Ellsworth passed away at the age of, I believe he was 82. Dick Ellsworth in 1963 for the Chicago Cubs was 22 and 10 with a 2.11 ERA. Just an amazing year. Why do I bring up his name? Because we talk about pitching now and guys don't pitch 250 innings and they don't throw 150 pitches in the game. And we say it like it's a criticism. But what we really don't remember is back in the day, how many innings and pitches guys threw and just had their careers ruined by it or at least compromised. And I'll tell you a story about Dick Ellsworth. He came out of Fresno, California, high school teammates with uh, Jim Maloney, who obviously had a great career with the Cincinnati Reds. But Dick Ellsworth, three days after he graduates from high school, the Cubs bring him to Comiskey Park in Chicago to pitch <laughs> in an exhibition game against the White Sox. He throws a complete game. Wow. <laughs> He's just literally out of high school. And 11 days later, they have him pitch in a major league game. So he was piling up these huge inning totals. In that 1963 season, he threw 290 innings. Well, his career went off the tracks, had a lot of arm trouble. You know, he, he did pitch a few years after that, but really wasn't the same. And you can make the same case for Jim Maloney, who piled up a ton of innings at an early age and essentially was done at the age of 29. Those are not anomalies. It happened a lot. We remember the guys like the Jim Palmers and the Catfish Hunters and the guys who totaled all these innings, the Gaylord Perrys. But how about all those that we lost? So... 
Joe, I, I know sometimes we can go overboard with pitchers and putting governors on their uh, pitch counts and innings. Where are you at these days with, especially watching these postseason games and almost nobody's going over 100 pitches um, with the way we do have governors on starting pitchers? I think 100 could be a little bit uh, conservative with certain guys. I mean, you got to know your player. You got to know your uh, the, the competitor out there and what he's capable of doing. Um, I don't think 110 is exorbitant. Um, even sometimes uh, when it's necessary, say 115 to 120, what you do then is you back off this guy the next time. You put the number down, a little bit more manageable number the next time in order to hopefully keep him well for a long period of time. I think part of it also is how they were brought up in the minor league system and what they're permitted to do and try to do at that point. Yeah, you, you can go overboard 100%, not, not disputing that whatsoever. But uh, depends on the guy, the kind of shape he's in, how strong he is, how he repeats his delivery. Uh, these are things you're going to know over a period of time. Like James Shields, for instance. Shields always wanted to finish games. God, I love the man. Had him with the Rays, and he'd hit like, and I would always be very careful watching this, like 100 to 105 pitches. And then at that point, it just seemed like everything did decline. But he wanted an opportunity to go further. And I said, listen, man, you got to be able to show that you could command and pitch as well. When you go a little bit beyond that, got to the point he had a nice, uh, you can look it up. He had a nice run of complete games there for a while. I can't remember what year it was, but he was going over that. And I thought 100, and once he got past 108 successfully, I don't know why I picked that number, but I did. But he, he became good and he was fine and he could complete things. And he had a really long and very good career as a major league pitcher. So that was James. And that was something I had to figure out about him specifically. That whole group down there, David Price. David did not want to come out of games. Uh, Alex Cobb did not want to come out of games. Uh, I could name a lot of good pitchers. So you have to just watch them. You have to understand what you believe. Uh, what is their Waterloo? What are they capable of? And also, I had to figure out how is it going to impact their next start. And that's why you got to be careful with all this stuff. So I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but there's there's certain guys that I don't think 1-110 is any kind of a stretch whatsoever, where there's others, 85 to 90 would be the number and you want to get them out. And that's just, you learned that through experience. Not Don't treat everybody the same. Try to read the individual, understand what he's capable of doing and make your adjustments. Yeah, I'm just not sure we'll see a starting pitcher in this postseason shake his catcher's hand after the, the end of the game, getting the last out. It, it takes me back to what Kurt Schilling once told me. He said, starting pitchers, they're like Labrador retrievers. They'll do what you train them to do. <laughs> and we're training pitchers now, you know, to go five or six innings twice around the lineup. Uh, Dave Roberts, great manager. I think he does a great job with the Dodgers. But he's managed 79 postseason games. And out of those 79 postseason games – only seven times has a starting pitcher thrown 100 pitches. Oh, really? It's just the way they roll. It's the way they do it. And I think the players now buy into it. Now, listen, he's got a lot of good bullpen options. You better. Sure. Um, but that's the game we have today. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you have to have that cachet in the bullpen. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Otherwise, it doesn't look so good at the end of the day unless you have that to back it up. Hey, by the way, are, are you following this Cleveland fishing scandal that's going on? Uh-uh. <laughs> no we talk a lot about cheating in baseball but uh it's an amazing story a lot of people are digging into this thing in cleveland where these guys won multiple fishing tournaments and one day they cut open the fish and they find lead weights in the fish <laughs> <laughs> they were basically the tiger woods of the fishing tournament people are like why do these guys keep winning uh well with the help of a knife and gutting the fish they found out why okay. um which brings me to baseball of course because everybody talks about cheating and trying to get away with things and we have seen spin rates go up 
Um, but I tell people it's a lot like for me, PEDs where, yeah, I think the checks that they do on pitchers now, it kind of gets out the, the real hardcore spider tack stuff that was putting ridiculous spin on pitches. You could actually hear baseball spinning as they ripped out a pitcher's hand with the, the super sticky stuff on their fingers. Uh, I had a coach tell me about a month or two ago, he saw a pitcher on the other team taking pine tar spray and spraying it on the inside of his legs, on his pants. And that's where he would go to to load up. Now, again, is he getting a super advantage with that? No, but he is breaking the rules. So I, I don't know how you feel about this, Joe, and the baseballs and the pitchers trying to get, quote unquote, a grip rather than a performance enhancement. But what can be done about it? Well, I think right now, everything they are that's in place, I think MLB's done a nice job of trying to put all of this back into perspective. But uh, guys are pretty inventive, and they'll, they'll move on to some other things. And um, I really don't know what's going on with that. I don't. I um, um, If anything's new and exciting and everybody's trying it and nobody knows about it, I'm not aware of that at all. But you just, you're always looking for that level playing field. You're always looking for uh, the same. Like even the steroidal era, I mean, that's when the Rays – Ascended because of the rules that came into the game, and that permitted us to play better against teams that had larger payrolls. Uh, right now, same thing with pitching staffs. If you could gain an advantage, there is there, there's a there does make a difference if you've been able to gain an advantage via some kind of uh, method of uh, gripping the ball better. So I I like what's going on right now. I mean I you know the umpires they're checking them after every inning. I don't even know if you have to. I don't even know what the next level of scrutiny is going to look like. I uh, would just stay with this right now. Uh, really pay attention to it. I, like you're talking about spin rates, I'm not. I was not aware of that, um, and, and you are. And I always appreciate your information. So I think that's going to be looked at even more critically as this goes further. And, and at the end of the day, though, it's a playoff baseball game. Does somebody get amped up a little bit more? Does somebody have more rest than they normally have this time of the year? Is somebody feeling better than they did two weeks ago? I don't know. That can play into it. And the last point, I would always look at what is the max that this guy has done with spin during the course of the year. Does that max match up what's going on right now? That I'd be curious about that. Cool stuff. Hey, before we go, I need uh, you're into classic rock and roll. Mm-hmm. I need a good recommendation. Recently, I got to tell you, I rediscovered Jefferson Starship. Oh yeah, very underrated, Joe. Oh, I mean, we underrated. do deep dives on Jefferson Starship. Yeah, and the musicality and the vocality of what they did. Mm-hmm. Pretty darn cool. I'm not sure anybody's doing something like that these days. So you have to go back into the wayback machine to to hear some of that rock and roll. But give me some other band because we're talking about bands back in the day, right? Which we don't see these days. Give me a band that maybe we should go back and rediscover. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, yeah. Great call. When I, uh, I, I'll throw them on once in a while, I'm going to take you higher, right? I just, it is everyday people. I, these guys are brilliant. I don't know that they ever got their due. Maybe they did. I was too young to understand that. Uh, but there's times, and like I'm sitting here with my uh, Serwin Vegas speakers here off my amp, uh, right here, Yamaha amp, and I could blast this room pretty good. Uh, Sly on this system sounds fabulous. So if you want to be inspired, just throw that group on. It'll, it'll raise the hair on the back of your neck a little bit. Thank you so much for that. Because when we're done with this podcast, I am going to listen to everyday people. There you go. Love that. Love that track. There you go, baby. Joe, it's always been fun. Always cool. And we're going to do it again next week. The Book of Joe podcast coming at you twice a week here during postseason baseball. Always a lot to talk about. And it's always interesting with my man, Joe Madden. Great job, Tommy. Thanks a lot, buddy. And don't forget, the Book of Joe, the book 
is on sale now wherever you buy your books. Take care. Peace. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.